Hello, folks. It is the Knickknack Podcast, and this will be Season 15, Episode 4, and I'm calling this Thinking About Psychodynamics or something like that, um, because I was struggling to get to sleep um, and actually got some sleep, of all things, uh, which was amazing and wonderful, um, but... I, um, something must have tripped in my brain as I was going to sleep, and uh, it warrants examination after uh, the last episode and kind of the direction I'm wanting to go. From a production standpoint, I do not have any notes this time, so we'll see how this goes. Uh, grab your favorite beverage, and we'll get started. In conducting my life after the last episode and in kind of trying to put together um, the direction that I want these thematic episodes, this arc, this, this thing to go, in addition to actually looking at the nature of my life, it occurred to me that there are multiple basic forces from kind of a psychodynamic perspective, uh, for lack of a better term, or lack of a better way of thinking about this, um, that are constantly at war with each other. Um, And one of the problems with being self-researched, for the most part, uh, when it comes to psychology and philosophy to a lesser extent, uh, is that I've been able to kind of pick and choose what I care about. Um, And primarily, of course, what I care about is abnormal psych and um, kind of the self-actualization Maslow perspective on things. Uh, Which means that I was introduced to Freud and similar thinking in, I think, reading Psychology for Dummies initially years and years ago. In addition to actually um, taking uh, the Psych 101 course in college, which was also years and years ago. So, uh, it's not that I wasn't exposed to these ideas, it's just that I hadn't thought about it in this particular way in a long time. Um, Nor have I tried to put it together with um, kind of a trauma, loosely trauma-informed perspective either. So... Let's start with kind of the the internal forces that uh, are constantly at war within my brain uh, that uh, make living life difficult uh, for me personally. Uh, again, not trying to make global statements, just speaking from a personal perspective here. Um, what it is, essentially, is um, it's kind of like that Disney movie or whatever it was uh, where you have multiple people controlling the brain, and, you know, it's kind of different components, psychodynamic components of of this person's brain. In my case, we have Mr. Spock, uh, on the one one hand, uh, designing and analyzing systems, uh, breaking them down, pointing out what's wrong with the systems, uh, very logical, very procedural, very anal for lack of a better term, uh, this part of my brain wants to control everything, 
uh, because it figures, well, if everything is controlled, then nothing can go wrong. Uh, there's no emotional components that can get in my way if we're just logical, if we're just uh, basically a computer, then therefore no emotions can be problematic. And then, on the other hand, we have a completely emotional-based, impulsive part of my psyche, uh, which is more Homer Simpson-esque. I have this emotion, I have this passing interest, I'm going to do this for a little while, oh, I lost interest, now I'm going to do something else, and it's purely emotionally driven. Um, and in my life experience, the Homer Simpson aspect of experiencing multiple ranges of emotions all day long, um, they're pretty dramatic, and they amplify the smallest thing. So this part of my brain kind of goes, oh, emotional reaction. Uh, something scary happened. Something embarrassing happened. We better react. We better react quick. We better take over. Um, and then the logical part of my brain goes, eh, excuse me, no, um, that's illogical, you shouldn't act this way, refer to the systems and series of rules that you laid out for yourself in this massive wellness document, and you'll find the guideline, and you'll be able to control it, and it'll all be okay. Um, so these are kind of the different forces that are, that are, work for, are at work in my brain. And of course, um, when you look at what I covered in last week, or last time's episode, you can kind of tie the different components um, that I've talked about as far as, you know, the inner dynamics of my mind and how it works. Uh, you can kind of break it down into a thought process that's, you know, in line with autism spectrum sort of stuff, and a thought process that is completely bipolar and completely reactive to the ups and downs in life and, and constantly overreacting to every little up and down, um, leading to no consistency, leading to um, a very, uh, having a very difficult time, especially lately, uh, conforming to the systemic approach that I'm trying to take to wellness. Um, so, you know, that's, that's essentially the, the com conflict and the dynamic I'm working with. The Homer Simpson part looks at my daily schedule and goes, Oh, hell no. I can't, I can't proceed with that day after day after day. That would be really boring. And we don't like boring. We like unpredictable sleep schedule. We like impulsive phases of brief creativity where you can express an idea, get that idea published out there, publish that idea, and then be done with the idea, um, unless you use it again subsequently in the next episode, like, that's, that's kind of how that part of my brain works, whereas the logical part is like, no, 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 we need these systems, we need to adhere to these systems, we need to proceed in this particular way. So this is actually a somewhat helpful way to think about it, um, because DSM terminology um, is very helpful or it gives me personally a label for general somewhat problematic behavioral traits that I have in my life um, that are neurodivergent that are different from the norm that can present challenges in my life 
um, trying to spin that the best way I can. This is becoming less and less scientific and more emotionally based as we proceed. I'm not sure if I'm okay with that or not. Um, we'll have to, my brain will have to have an internal psychodynamic struggle around that. But at any rate, um, I added a third component, um, and that is kind of a trauma control survival component. Um, you know, the primitive brain and, or the underdeveloped brain in my case, uh, experiencing this, you know, these early childhood traumas and trying to deal with it, and in, in so doing, creating uh, ways to adapt to this, these environmental challenges that lead to survival, or that the brain thought led to survival. And oftentimes, uh, the way my brain has adapted to such things to ensure survival in early life uh, is not so great in adulthood. So uh, that's, I think, part of what's going on, um, specifically as it relates to sleep. Um, Because I was thinking about that monster dream that I remembered in the course of developing and uh, producing and making the last episode. And I was thinking about the way, the procedure for surgery, or, you know, many other medical procedures. Uh, And the way that works, especially from a young person's perspective, from my perspective, um, I don't remember consciously thinking about it this way, but unconsciously, certainly, I'll use the word probable, that I view sleep as a very vulnerable, um, you know, once I'm asleep, I have no problems because I'm asleep and I'm, you know, not, not conscious and I'm not aware of things. That it's actually a very desirable state. Uh, but getting to that state can be very scary because in that state, you're very vulnerable, you have no control. So it's kind of like the idea of sleep not only doesn't appeal to the homer in my brain because, you know, the homer doesn't want to stop doing whatever the homer's doing. The homer is enjoying whatever flow they've achieved and uh, wants to keep doing what they're doing. Um, But the Spock, while it wants to adhere to its system and think very rigidly, it also realizes, uh, along with the survival component, It doesn't want to give up control. It doesn't want to be vulnerable. Um, I think that's part of what's going on. That's a very important part of what's going on. Uh, That is part of what's going on that I hadn't really thought about in a long time until um, that last episode came about. So, if nothing else, the numbers may be less than desirable right now, but um, I personally at least am getting um, something out of this process, and as I continue to move forward, uh, whether I approach it uh, in kind of an academic-y sort of way, which is was kind of my aspirational goal, at least initially, um, or kind of a somewhat academic, more media way, which is generally been the tone of this podcast in 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 doing that you get the media or research informed components but you get a more layperson's perspective on it if that makes any sense so um 
I don't know how it'll end up shaking out. Um, I have a lot of research to do. I have a lot of thinking to do. Um, the most relevant piece of thinking is trying to think about, okay, I've done a beautiful job in a lot of ways, a lot, a lot of ways of laying out procedures that I want to follow, laying out goals and plans and checklists to run, uh, because, you know, even as I speak, virtual pilot, uh, doing a flight simulation, so I like checklists, I like known procedures, I like being able to say, okay, this circumstance has come up, run the checklist for that. Uh, I like that sort of thing. Um, again, Spock portion of my brain. Um, but the Spock um, that has laid out this um, now 50 way, 50 odd page document, complete with daily logs, which are again helpful in producing these episodes and will be in the future, I think. Um, but, but that systematic approach doesn't account at all for the emotional. Homer Simpson element of things. And, you know, it's great to say, well, I learned about programming in my late teens and I found it attractive and I already, you know, very much enjoyed Spock, very much enjoyed Vulcans. I, I like that idea. Um, I've later mixed in some Zen components in my life, so I, I, I like this general flow. Um, Therefore, I'm going to try and ignore the emotional part of my brain, but you can't do that. Um, and uh, I've seen that very evidently in the last couple days, um, where it's, you know, it's usually not very long, but if you look at the course of a day, for me, um, four or five hours into a day, I reach peak energy and peak efficiency. And that lasts for maybe two to three to four hours. And then it naturally kind of recedes, you know. And this is, I think, you know, a trend that, that is somewhat universal in the flow of, of, of a more rigidly scheduled day and in the flow of a, you know, very structured schedule. That's just kind of the flow uh, that especially I achieve. Generally never good uh, after waking up from a long sleep. Give me small naps. The brain gets slight, a slight chance to rest. Um, and the, both the emotional and somewhat the uh, systematic parts of my brain can fire back up. And uh, they can produce something. Um, and it's somewhat useful. And that's the interesting, the intersection there. Um, that's what I'm looking for. That that overlap, um, that useful, very useful part of neurodivergence uh, in which you kind of have the abnormal aspects that allow you to get a different perspective that others are less likely to get. And I think in my case, in my life experience, granted, you know, I'm only able to sustain it for brief periods of time, roughly of the equivalent piece of time that is required to produce a podcast episode, as it so happens, um, but when that does happen, and when it goes well, um, which, you know, you, some, some things go well, some don't, and if you produce enough stuff, eventually, hopefully, 
enough stuff will kind of go to the top uh, to outweigh the stuff that doesn't so much float. Um, but, um, you know, the stuff that does float is pretty good stuff. Um, if you could just wade through the stuff that doesn't. So, um, hopefully this kind of uh, helps in some way. Uh, I know it'll inform my next um, therapy session, certainly. And um, maybe it'll inform and help um, some other people that are struggling with uh, this kind of combination in their brain. Um, I don't know whether there's very many people out there that struggle with this particular combination. Um, but it'll, maybe it'll help those people as well. And maybe, because I proceeded from no notes and it was very Homer Simpson driven episode. Um, maybe it'll do better than the other episodes. We'll find out. Uh, so thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed it. And I hope you come back and listen again. Uh, if you have feedback, uh, N-I-C-N-A-C-J-A-K at gmail.com is the best way to do that. Um, you can also leave a comment at knickknackjack.net, same spelling. And, uh, or follow me on Twitter, or leave a review in your favorite podcasting app. Donation links are plentiful at knickknackjack.net. And if you are into fight sim or have an interest in the hobby and want to, you know, look at some services that might help you get started, knickknackjack.net and click on fight sim services. You can also get there from fsridealong.com, which is a um, easier way to access at this point because everything's merged into one feed. Um, an easier way to access and assess the flights and episodes if you haven't ventured in that direction. So, I thank you so much for listening. Until next time, stay safe, stay sane, happy railroading, happy landings, stay healthy, get vaccinated. Bye.